It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Hey, uh, early in the month, each month we love to celebrate what God is allowing us to do beyond our physical space through uh, what we're doing digitally. So our mission as a church is to reach people and build people. And when we gather as a church on a weekend, all that we see isn't all that God's doing. Super, super exciting. One of the ways we reach more people and build more people is through our online experience, which is happening right now. It's happening at 10 a.m. and it happens again at 5 p.m., you can go to our Elevate Church AU app and, and check that out. You can go to Elevate Church online on YouTube or Facebook. Uh, by the way, actually, and this is the clue at the bottom, on demand from 6 p.m., the majority of people that tune in, tune in on demand later on a Sunday, next day in different countries around the world. And it's a really great uh, option. You know, if you're FIFO, you can jump in whenever you got a break. Last weekend, I got pinged from friends of mine who were in Yorkshire in the UK and they joined in our online experience. I know you're not from the UK, but you know that corner of the world, right, Anne? Uh, they joined our online experience from over there. Ping through is great, loved it. So glad to have that opportunity uh, from all the way over here. So really exciting what's happening there. And then we've got our podcast. So we record our messages that we preach here on, on a Sunday every single week and we publish them Sunday afternoons, push them out onto all the major podcast platforms. And then each month we like to celebrate uh, what God's done in the previous month. So in September, we had 625 listens. So it's pretty great. And it was from 13 countries. And then here's some of the new countries, people from countries that have never joined us before. Listen to this. Check some of these out. Oman. Anyone been to Oman? All right. Me neither. But I'm sure it's in our future. Madagascar. No, 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 no. Not from the animated movie, the actual country. Uh, Mexico and the Russian Federation. Hello. So how about we welcome everybody that's joining us via podcast today. Now, question, I wonder how many of you can relate to some or maybe even all of the following? Maybe in your late teens, you found yourself thinking, if only I can get my first car, that's going to allow me to go wherever I want to go and then I'll be happy. And then you're like, hmm. If only I can move out of my parents' house, nobody telling me what to do, then I'll be happy. If I could just get the right job, then I'd be happy. If I could just find the right girl, the right guy, get married, then I'd be happy. If I could just have kids, then I'd be happy. If I could just get my kids to do what I asked them to do, then I'd be happy. If my kids could finally leave home, then I'd be happy. And this kind of mentality really is predicated on this idea that happiness is probably just around the corner. And then you get around the corner and you think, Ah, 
Turns out it's not here after all. Maybe it's around the next corner. I don't know. Anyway, so we're launching a new series today called Chasing Happy. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be taking a pretty deep dive into a part of a letter that was written by a guy named Paul. Now, Paul was kind of an entrepreneur, leader of the early church. He wrote a bunch of letters. They're now called books, but they were letters. This particular letter was written to a church in a place called Philippi. It's now called the Book of Philippians. Um, and it's actually considered, I don't know how they measure these things, it's considered to be the most popular book in the new part of the Bible. Not only are we gonna look at the most popular book of the new part of the Bible, we're actually gonna look at the most popular chapter in the most popular book, and that's chapter four. And the reason that this chapter in this book is so universally popular is because it's all about how we can experience more joy in our lives. So if you've got your smartphone camera handy, you can scan this flow code. It's gonna take you there to Philippians chapter four. I'm gonna ping us in the New Living Translation. That'll take you right there. Uh, And while you're doing that, uh, let me just clarify two things right off the bat. Firstly, there is a long history of preachers slicing and dicing the difference between happiness and joy, okay? And and, and it kind of plays out like this, that happiness is based on happenings. So don't place your faith in happenings, because happenings change. And because happenings change, happiness changes. But joy comes from the Lord. So place your faith in the Lord. Not in happenings. Look to joy and not happiness. And full disclosure, I used to be one of those preachers. Here's where I stand now. Joy is not detached from happiness. Instead, joy includes happiness and joy offers so much more. Okay? I'm not asking you to agree with that. I'm just saying that's where I've arrived. Ask me next year. Everything may have changed. Maybe not even believe in joy next year. Ripped Philippians chapter four out of my Bible. (laughs) Of course not. But I'm gonna use those two words interchangeably during this series, okay? So don't get your knickers in a twist. It's gonna be joy, it's gonna be happiness, but essentially I'm talking about the same kind of whole overall kit that's available to us from God. Second thing I wanna clarify is I'm actually not naively gonna preach this series, assuming that everyone wants more joy in their lives. I can say, everybody this morning, who doesn't want more joy in your lives? And I'm expecting everyone's going, of course I want more joy in my lives. What a stupid question, more joy in my lives. And the reason I'm not preaching from that naive perspective is I've seen some of the choices some people make for who they hang around as their friendship circle. And it seems to me they actually want more drama in their life and not more joy. I've listened to the conversations some people have and I'm like, 
it seems to me, based on what you're choosing to focus on and talk about, you want more complication in your life, not more joy. But here's what I'm gonna do this morning, because look at you, you're gorgeous. I'm gonna assume that you all want more joy in your lives. And those joining by podcast, I'm gonna loop you in on that as well. For me, personally, I think it's a no-brainer. There's so much tension and stress and anxiety and mental health challenges and struggles and consistent life challenges, many of which are unavoidable. Why not, while we wade through life where those things come at us, want to have more joy despite those things being a part of the world we live in. I mean, if joy's on the table from God, I'm ordering it. I'll have a full serve, not a kid's version. So what I'm gonna do over the next few weeks, and this is what Paul offers, he actually offers in this letter of instruction some very simple tools, very accessible tools, low-hanging fruit that, that are intended for us to apply to our everyday lives and that by doing so, we will actually start to experience more joy as we follow Jesus. In verse four, he starts with this, always be full of joy. Not always be full of cynicism, not always be full of negativity, not always be full of criticism. Those keyboard warriors out there listening, not always be full of rage. Yes, talking to you, Aaron and Karen. Always be full of joy. It's an instruction. Here's an aspirational goal, in fact. Let me throw this out there right at the beginning of the series. We're just on ramping right now. Here's an aspirational goal. What if the people in your sphere, when they're thinking about you or talking about you, either to you or about you, what if they were to say, you know what? I'm not sure I believe everything that they believe about Jesus, but they sure do have a lot of joy. I'll give them that. And there's this like, Maybe they know something I don't know and maybe they have something that I can learn. So there's a bit more to this. Always be full of joy in the Lord. And I love when someone double clicks. Jesus did a lot of this. Often it, when God repeats something, it's because you're in trouble. Mark, Mark. I'm like, oh my God, he said my name twice. <laughs> this isn't that. This is, this is so important. I'm gonna say it again. Rejoice. Here's a clue. Always be full of joy in the Lord. Happiness is found in the presence of God, not in the absence of problems. <sighs> if you're waiting for the day that you will have no problems or challenges or stresses or tensions or those people <laughs> orbiting, 
you'll be waiting a lifetime if you think that's the only way you can experience joy. Well, if, I, oh, if only I didn't have bills to pay, then I'd have joy. All right, that's the one I will give you a free kick on. All right, don't. I mean, that's definitely gonna take you one step closer. But the reality is we'll never get to a place where we'll have no challenges. But God's promise is that's not where joy is found. The absence of problems, joy is found in the presence of God. So the pro tip is right at the beginning, go to the source of happiness. If joy is found in the Lord, go to the source of happiness. Now, if I was to ask you, what's your happy place? Just think about that for a second. What would you say? Now, Louisa, full-blooded Italian, born in Australia. Uh, and uh, when Louisa was 26, so tons of families still back in the old country. When she was 26, we went for Louisa's first trip back to Italy. We were there for four weeks. Louisa literally stepped off the plane, started interacting with some Italians and said to me, these are my people and was full of joy for the entire four weeks. And we've been fortunate enough to be able to go back many, many times since. That's part of Louise's happy place. Maybe your happy place is nature. You know, like camping. Camping, where people spend hundreds of dollars to live like a homeless person. <laughs> Told you that one was coming down the pike, Hato. You better have laughed. I workshopped that with Hayden. He's a serial camper. Thousands of dollars to live like a homeless person. I'm sorry. If there's no concierge valley parking, I'm out. Anyway, maybe Disneyland is your happy place. I mean, after all, it is the happiest place on earth. AKA the longest lines on earth, but don't let that overshadow your joy. <laughs> but how Paul's big idea is that being in God's presence is the ultimate happy place. And so the connection there is if you want to experience more joy, spend more time with the source. This is a, a, like a, a, a pro tip if you want to get into church leadership. Because church leadership isn't all about golf and coffee shops. There's challenges. I've been leading here for 14 years. I'm only 27 years old and look at the toll it's taken on me. <sighs> Get into church leadership, they said. It'd be fun, they said. You'll have joy, they said. Poof. <laughs> and, and in the 14 years that I've been leading here, we've lost some people to illnesses. Uh, we, we've had seasons of financial pressure uh, where, you know, you just can't kind of fix them overnight. Uh, we navigated a few years ago through a peak COVID pandemic where we were said, you can't even like gather as a church until further notice. Um, and yet I'll say this, unequivocally, the thing that's characterized my 14 years leading here is joy. And you're like, are you sure? Because I'm not in denial about the challenges. I was built for them, I signed up for them. And, 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 and one thing that's characterized 
my journey is joy because I don't got to do this. I get to do this. I get to see people taking next steps of faith. And I think that is awesome because Jesus didn't call us just to believe in him. He called us to follow him. And when I see people doing that, but also when people take the step of actually believing in him, you are who you say you are. And I'm like, man, that is awesome. When we see people healed, joy. When we see people growing in their leadership capacity, joy. When we see marriages strengthened, and even in some cases, marriages restored. I've, I shared this, I don't have time to share it today, but, but, but we had a guy walk in first time, guest, I met him, how's it going? What brings you here today? My wife and I, we're part of the same church, we've split up. So I'm here and she's still at the last church. And I said, is your marriage, what's, what's, what's the, the future for you? And he says, it's irreparable. And yet a year later, he was able to get back together with his wife. And he left Elevate and went back to his old church. We shrunk by one. And I was like full of joy because God restored what he thought was actually irreparable. And the list goes on. And I expect many more challenges ahead. And some of you are going to be the cause of those challenges. And I expect that God will continue to be the ultimate source of joy for me. But not just for me. Yeah, we had some volunteers over here. Yep, yep. Count me in. Troublemakers. But it's actually one of the reasons God calls us to be the church together to gather together, that this is actually meant to be a happy place. Uh, gotta go to church today. Uh, thank God it only goes for an hour. <laughs> Plus I don't get there late, so it's not even an hour for me. This is a place to position yourself with God's people in the presence of God a place to gather in lonely moments, a place to gather in scared moments. We've said it before. I've gone full confession about this. I used to say, come into God's house, leave your problems at the door. And then I'm like, well, that doesn't sound right. So a few years later, I figured it out. It's like, you've got problems and challenges, bring them in. Lay them at the feet of Jesus and let Jesus fill you with joy despite the fact that you have challenges. Come in frustrated moments. Come to encourage one another. Come to pray for one another. Come to actually invest joy into other people. Because here's the thing, joy isn't just for you, it's to be shared. If you're happy and you know it, tell your face. That's, one of the, that's a T-shirt one day that's gonna be on that rack and on this. I'm not just a psychopath. Because we create an atmosphere of joy together. And God works best in that sort of atmosphere. So we don't walk around saying, we got to do this. Uh, I'm scheduled on the music team again today. Suppose I can do it, it's only 20 minutes. Uh, I got to greet people at the door. Got to turn my frown upside down. Make sure I only turn it upside down once because if I turn it upside down twice, I'm right back where I started. Some of you have to think about that one. <laughs> this joy experienced in serving God, this joy experienced in serving other people, these wins that I get to see, you're part of creating those wins. 
So when, when people take next steps of faith, joy, reason for celebrating. When you get to greet people at the front door, when you get to meet first-time guests, when you get to worship God together, when we get to do these things, this is the epicenter of joy. And we'll see more addictions broken. We'll see more anxiety lifted. We'll see more marriages restored. We'll see more leadership capacity developed and unlocked. And joy becomes cumulative. So pro tip number one, go to the source of joy. And pro tip number two is practice prayer. Is everyone ready? I know school doesn't start till tomorrow, but I'm gonna get sciencey right now, okay? Sciencey. Essentially, the last 20 years of study on happiness and joy kind of can be distilled into this pie chart. Let me throw it up there and I'm gonna, gonna break it down for you. Researchers, if you distill down the research onto happiness, it looks essentially like this. Let me start on the far side. This idea that each one of us has a set point and that set point is responsible for approximately half of the joy we can expect to experience. This set point, researchers acknowledge, we have almost no control over. It's actually more based on our genetic predisposition, okay? That's why Winnie the Pooh called it out. Some people are Tigger. Boing, 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 boing. Sun's just come up and Tigger's like, it's gonna be a great day. And nothing's even happened yet. Some of you are Tigger. You're like, <laughs> and, then there's, and, then there's, and then there's Eeyore. Sun's just come up. It's going to be a terrible day. And some people are more Eeyore. By the way, a message for another time is these people tend to marry each other. <laughs> and, and when that alarm clock goes up and the sun rises, they look at each other like, I think you are from a different planet. <laughs> and you're like, well, I just was having the same thought about you. So look, if, if you don't like your set point, blame your parents. If you do and you, you're a tigger, well, thank your parents. But look, it's kind of helpful to know that, right? Because you're like, oh, okay. There's just some things I don't actually have full control over. But it's only half. Then there's this one, life events. <laughs> and the irony is a lot of people think that that's 100%. That's why people like me, preachers like me, used to preach against placing your faith in happiness because of happenings, because you never go experience joy. It's, it's only 10%. And a lot of those life events, we also don't have any control over. However, even in those, the influence of those life events, we do have a level of control over how we respond to them. And I think intuitively you know this because you know some people who've got some serious life challenges or have come through some serious life challenges and they actually had a lot of joy in that season, right? <laughs> and we applaud that, but I actually wonder if you've ever met somebody that's actually got a whole lot going for them and they're miserable. 
and you think, what is wrong with you? There's a few people over here looking, you've got some names. It's only 10%, but actually that's where we can have, start to have some control over our joy level. And then there's this one, almost half, 40%. Practices. For the sake of this message, we're gonna call them spiritual practices. And I'm just gonna double click on the various spiritual practices that Paul instructed the church in Philippi that very much are evergreen and can apply to us today to experience more joy in your life. And I'm just gonna drop one for today. Don't worry about anything. Now, this almost sounds cruel because if you just read that part, you'd be like, yeah, (laughs) as if. Like, why would you bother printing something like this in the Bible that's clearly impossible? Just sounds like a cruel hoax to me. But you see, there's some punctuation that matters there. For you old Seinfeld fans, you know where I'm coming from. Don't worry about anything. Instead, there's, a, there's an escape clause here. Pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Now, just to give you a little bit of Bible college uh, bonus here, the first verse, or the first, the first verse, don't worry, pray, thank, that's, that's the instruction. That's the, hey, you, Jesus follower, do this. Then, and then Paul outlines the promise. Okay, it's, it's a combination punch here. If you throw this punch, God will come back with this one and it's a good thing. This first one, don't worry about anything. Uh, how many of you heard, have you, how many of you church veterans have heard that one before? Okay, if you're like, ah, oh, no, no. Let me show you from another version. Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Or this one, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. That's the instruction. Uh, Some of you may have that memorised. Some of you may have that on a screenshot. Some of you may have that... uh, on your fridge at home. Some of you may have that in a, in a wall art thing in your living room for your family. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He's done. Here's the thing though. Knowing it, <clears throat> memorising it, uh, saying it, actually doesn't unlock the promise. <laughs> the thing that unlocks the promise is doing it. The two things that Paul instructs us to do. Pray about everything and thank Him for all He has done. That's your ticket to ride. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna invite you to do that this week. Every time you find yourself worrying about something, pray 
and thank God for all he's done. Hasn't fixed it yet, but pray and thank God for all he's done. Let me tell you, it works. And how do I know it works? Because I road tested it this week. Monday, I found myself worrying. I'm actually not much of a warrior. Like, and I'm not saying to brag, I'm just not. Maybe my set point is more tigger. But, but it happens. And on Monday, I, was fine. I found myself worrying. And I was like, I, and I went out and I played with my tomatoes in my greenhouse. That normally gets it done. Went back inside, still worrying, like stupid tomatoes. And then I had this bright idea. I preached about prayer a few weeks ago. I said, I sometimes forget to. And I'm like, oh, I probably should pray. That was a great message. I learned a lot. So I prayed. And the next day, guess what? I started worrying again about the exact same stuff. And I'm like, stupid prayer does nothing. Mark Pomery, preacher, he's full of... <clears throat> and uh, I'm like, all right, maybe it's not like that. Maybe like you need to pray again. So I prayed again. Wednesday I woke up, guess what? I wasn't worrying about the stuff I'd been worrying about the previous two days. How good is that? But guess what? Then I started worrying about some other stuff. (laughs) Does it ever end? So I prayed again and I fully expect in the not too distant future, I'm going to be worrying about something else. And here's my, what I'm going to do. My commitment to you publicly is I, when that happens, I'm going to pray again. So this week, if and when, Tigger, Eeyore, you find yourself worrying about anything, anything, little or big or small, pray about everything, Tell God what you need. He wears his big boy pants at all times and thank him for all he's done. And then just open yourself up to experiencing God's peace. This is the thing, which exceeds anything we can understand. You can experience God's peace before the problem's fixed. You can experience God's peace and nothing in the circumstances has changed and yet something on the inside of you can change because it's not our circumstances that's the source of joy. It's the presence of God that's the source of joy. We really hope you got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me, and also download our Elevate Church AU app.